All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. This privacy paradox project has come at the perfect time for me. These things are creepy. They're the things that follow you around. Instead of just clicking download and clicking OK, I emailed back and asked for more information. Save me for myself, basically. As much as I value my occasional internet anonymity, I find myself also wanting a validated identity. It's Note to Self, the tech show about being human. I'm Manoush Zamarodi, and this is the final day of our five-part plan to help you take back your digital identity and yourself. The privacy paradox. Over the past week, we've talked about what your phone knows, how we get categorized by advertisers, what happens to our brain when we let everything out online, and how having something to hide is actually healthy. We'll talk more about the changes you've made, hear lots of stories, and figure out how we go forward on next week's results show. And now, for day five, we've got a special treat. The man whose visionary invention changed our world forever. So you're the reason why we always have to type WWW, right? Well, yes. Sir Tim Berners-Lee is the inventor of the World Wide Web. WWW, I thought of the name. Google didn't check that nobody else was using it. Kidding. Because Google didn't exist, yes. I, I got the joke. Back in March of 1989, he told his colleagues at CERN, the European Organization for Nuclear Research, that he had an idea for a radical new way of linking and sharing information. And most of them didn't understand what the heck he was talking about. But what click means, the click means I can go anywhere on the planet, is something which I couldn't explain to people beforehand. It was really hard to explain what it would be like. Now, most of us click and link all day long, and no patents or copyrights or trademarks get in our way. It was really important to Sir Tim that we all be able to do that, to connect to each other, to use this free and open tool to collaborate and make whatever we wanted on the web that he invented. The sort of cyber-utopian idea that when we all connected directly to each other, we could be able to solve all the world's problems, breaking down the national barriers. So the idea was sort of pretty much uh, utopian. In this utopia, no one big company was in charge. But over the years, the web got centralized. Big tech companies built their businesses on owning our information. And they required that we hand over our data to use their services. As Sir Tim puts it, the web, his cyber utopia, now has a social problem. 
The problem is at the moment all that data, most of your data, is stuck in a silo. Those silos are the various tech companies who want to hold on to your information. They don't want you to take it back or share it with the competition. Some people find it really frustrating because their social data about their friends is stuck in their Facebook silo and their social data about their colleagues is stuck in their LinkedIn silo. And meanwhile, they've got all their photos on Flickr. And of course, as all our information and photos and searches flow to these silos, the government wants to dip into the stream, taking bigger and bigger gulps of our data, holding on to it just in case it might need it. Take the UK's new investigative powers bill, for example. It says for the first time ever that any click anybody makes on the web should be stored for a year. So huge, massive invasion of privacy, massive change to the web from being the open place that it was. So is there a way to go back to Sir Tim's original vision? Can we get the good of the web without the creepy? Sir Tim says yes. Talk about back to the future. He has a plan to take the web back and to a future where we have ownership over our own data. Marty, you made it. Yeah. Welcome to my latest experiment. This is a big one, the one I've been waiting for all my life. Sir Tim's project is called SOLID, which stands for Social Linked Data. And the idea is that each of us gets to keep our information in what he calls personal online data stores, or pods. So instead of you logging into Facebook, Facebook would log into you. If a service wanted our information, they'd have to ask us for it first. And we would only give them what we wanted to. And we could take it back whenever we wanted to. If an insurance company wants to look at your data and help to, and you can do a deal where it gets to look at the data only for one specific thing, they can give you a quote, but the data doesn't get used for anything else. I own all my data. I can have direct access to it. Anything that you as a company, as a bank or a supermarket, anything you keep about me, I can access at any point. And if it's personal data, I can fix it. I can, if they, they spelled my name wrong or they've got my blood type wrong, then I can fix it. So in the future, I'll tell the bank, by the way, this is where my data lives. Every time a bank statement comes up, I'm going to give you a key so you can put it in there and I'll trust you. And in fact, I require you that anything in the relationship between us, every wire transfer, every change of terms of service from your point, you have to put in here. And that information, if I want to give access to anybody else, then that's up to me. I mean, that sounds amazing. But it's not just um, using computers in a different way. What you're talking about with personal data stores is completely flipping the business model. That is not how the web is run right now. How do we get to a point where the companies would be okay with this, that the, we would you know, be like, okay, it's a new way of using the web? Yes. It, it, it's what we call a paradigm shift. It's early days for solid. There are a couple other high-level concepts being worked on by top tech people, but it's not like decentralizing the web, as the movement is called, is going to happen tomorrow. And that's not how these things work anyway, says Sir Tim. We don't have to convince everybody immediately. And certainly not the big companies that are working in a particular way. They typically are very slow to change, but don't wait for them. So while the big thinkers and programmers work it out, what can us regular folks do? Look at storing data at home. You can 
work with organizations which give you the, the right to download data. That, to a certain extent, is becoming law. It's certainly becoming a law in a lot of countries for healthcare. It's already possible with banks. If you go to a bank and you find that you can't download all the bank statements very easily and run programs over them, then you've got the wrong bank. Look for control of your data. I wouldn't suggest anybody reads the terms and conditions because that's humanly impossible. But uh, there's interesting websites where they read the terms and conditions for you and give you a summary. Look at places where they specifically say they will not abuse your data. There are more and more sites like that. Uh, you can switch them, try them out, talk to them. If they don't give you the sorts of experience you want, then start your own site or go and give them some feedback because it's just a question of really taking your own concerns, understanding the world, then that we have to actually act differently as a result. It's almost like we're asking people to write their own little personal terms of service. Like if I sign up for something and they don't let me export all the information I put into this app or if they don't let me take my stuff out of it, then no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to use you. Actually, writing your own terms of service, I think, is a really good exercise. And that, my friends, is our final privacy paradox challenge. Write your own terms of service. And no, it doesn't have to be incomprehensible legalese and 40 pages long. In fact, we have made it super simple. We've created a fill-in-the-blank form for you, kind of like Mad Libs for your own personal terms of service. Here's producer Kat Ahrens, for example. My personal terms of service. Privacy is essential and elusive. Before I click, post, or send, I'll think about where my data could go and whether it will be treated with love. It's worth it to me. We suggest you print them out, stick them next to your computer. Sir Tim suggests that you send them to all the services you use, like to start a conversation about what you like and what you don't like about their company. To make privacy better for everyone. That's my terms of service. This is just the beginning of building an internet, a web, a digital world that we can live with. Which is kind of exciting. And the main thing is you being charged of who has access, wherever it is, whether it's stored at home or it's stored on Google, it's stored at Apple or on Facebook. And we're working towards you being in charge, you controlling who gets access and what they do with it. I want to live on that World Wide Web. Let's build it. Let's all build it together. Awesome. Thanks, Sir Tim. <laughs> Thank you, Manish. The fill-in form is fun, and it's in today's newsletter. Even if you aren't signed up, you can get it at privacyparadox.org. And we want to see what your personal terms of service are. Share it with us on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter, at Note to Self. Hashtag privacy paradox. And yes, it is ironic that we have to be so public to change the way that we think about privacy. Okay, the end is nigh. Do you feel like you understand more about where your information goes? Are you weighing the trade-offs and starting to make digital decisions that you feel better about? Tell us. Take our exit survey. There's a link in your newsletter, or you can find it at notetoselfradio.org. In return, you'll get a tip sheet that we have created with some small and big ideas for keeping your eye on privacy in the weeks to come. Plus, you'll feel good knowing that you're helping us figure out how we can start better protecting our digital rights. Next week, 
results, analysis, and steps you can take beyond this project, on Wednesday, the last episode of our Privacy Paradox series will be here. Don't miss it. And don't forget, anyone can do the Privacy Paradox going forward. If you sign up at privacyparadox.org, the series gets triggered and starts arriving in your inbox. The Note to Self team is Jen Poyant, Kat Aaron, and Joe Plord. Many thanks to Megan Cunane and all the wonderful folks at WNYC for all their support and hard work during this project. Note to Self is a production of WNYC Studios. I'm Manoush Samarodi. My full name is Timothy John Berners-Lee. Remarkable thing I've accomplished is having had two meetings in various media with Nanoush. <laughs> How about the other thing that you did? That you're kind of a yeah, a, that you're a little bit better known for. That was, that was a um, big ride. So I, so I invented the World Wide Web many year, year, years ago. Can you say that again a little more slowly? I invented the World Wide Web. Web.